Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me for the first time in a long time are both of my actual co-hosts, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia. Fellas, how are we doing on schedule release Wednesday? For some reason, this has turned into a holiday. That's just the maybe the bone-dry nature of the NBA yeah. right now. I'm I'm thrilled, Mike, because this means that we can put our blood feud behind us. Uh, we can move on from the ugly strife that has ripped this podcast apart over the last couple months because we finally have something to talk about other than made-up drama. Uh, we actually have this NBA schedule released. Hooray! And yeah, you're right. It is a little bit of a, a holiday at this point. I don't really know why because we're still months away from the games actually being played. Uh, and especially this year where they're still might be some moves to be made before this offseason is, is fully finished. Um, but yes, it's it's great to have all three of us on the podcast, and it's great to have a little something to talk about with this NBA schedule release. Stoked. I'm stoked to be here, ready to talk about the schedule. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, it is a holiday for, for maniacs like ourselves, at least it is to me. Uh, it's been all I can think about since it came out at 3 o'clock. I'm so ready for NBA basketball to be back. So excited. I'm ready for football. I'm ready for the NFL. I'm ready for college football. Uh, but there is something about the NBA, even though it feels like it just ended, there's something about it almost being back to where I, I just, I'm very excited. I mean, the first preseason game, beginning of October. So we're, we're you know, a month and a, a couple of weeks out from, from preseason or a month out from training camp uh, and media day. So I am so so ready and i'm excited to talk about the schedule for for the detroit pistons and everything that lies within it yeah i i said oh i don't know why it's a holiday so derisively but here i am sitting with two pages of notes on my computer so i guess i'm in no position to talk huh <laughs> you're a dedicated craftsman we'll put it at that because everybody has been so excited for be scheduled to be released. And I just, I don't necessarily get it why everyone's so excited. Like Shams and Mark Stein just slowly dripping out the, the, you know, the MLK day game or, you know, two out of the five or six NBA Christmas day matchups. It's like, are we this, are we this starved for content? Yes, absolutely. Give us some slop. We need the slop. Baseball Mike, season is fun. I know. I am a big fan glory. of the slop. So. Mike, you love the slop more than anyone else. I'm shocked to hear you say this. Uh, Mike has been to the Palace Pistons group chat 
for months now, just begging for some trade slop, for some woge slop, for some shams slop uh, to hit the the Twitter sphere. So now that you finally have a little slop in your trough, Mike, you're you're turning up your nose at it. I'm I'm kind of shocked. I have to say, there's is... varying degrees of slop. <laughs> well, I think we've said the word slop more than any uh, podcast ever has ever said it, other than maybe some very pig centric right, ones. Charlotte's Web podcast, very much so. But guys, I mean, yeah, this schedule. Uh, the Pistons. Let's like get into it. The, the Pistons start with four very winnable games in their first ten. They play the Magic, the Knicks, the Pacers, and the Wizards in their first four, but then they go in their next six games against the Hawks twice, the Warriors, the Bucks twice, and the Cavaliers. So let's just start off with that. In that first 10 games, uh, and don't forget they have a couple of back-to-backs in that stretch as well. Actually, not a couple. They have three back-to-backs coming in their first 10 games. Um, looking at that, how are you guys – thinking about this opening stretch to the season for Detroit. Jasper, you still have hosting duties <laughs> on the brain, um, driving this conversation. Well, you know, maybe... I, I remember us talking about the Pistons schedule last year at around the same time and thinking, how the hell did they end up with such a difficult schedule? So to see it, kind of be similar and end a little bit softer is nice. Um, I, I honestly don't have too, too much analysis. Cause like you said, there are still moves that are going to be made around the league, including one giant one that we're all waiting to have happen. Um, so I, I guess, Aaron, do you have any, any thoughts on the beginning of the season schedule? I think, you know, for Detroit to come out with four games that are to be quite honest, very winnable to start the year, uh, starting with the Orlando Magic on on October 19th. Uh, it's good for them because this is a team that's probably going to have some growing pains out of the gate, uh, just like they did last year. And there's going to be an adjustment period of they're no longer being Jeremy Grant. You're integrating a new guard in Jaden Ivey. You have I mean, a, more than likely another new starter, whether it's Isaiah Livers, um, you know, Kelly Olenek, Jalen Duran, early as well. Like you're going to have two new starters uh, to go along with Cade, Sadiq Bay, and Isaiah Stewart. There's going to be some growing pains. It's going to take some time uh, to figure out who gels best together. So to get those four games uh, out of the gate, you know, you start with the Magic, which I think is a great first game, by the way. I think them, them having the, the last two number one picks face off is a really nice touch to start the year. And then New York, who may or may not have Donovan Mitchell uh, by that point in time, and then Indiana and Washington, those are those are games that Detroit can compete in, can, can win. Uh, so I like that. It gets a lot tougher for them right after that because they play Atlanta a pair of times. Uh, they got Golden State, Milwaukee for a pair of games, and then Cleveland. So the first four, good. The next six, tough. Um, it's going to be that way throughout the year for, for them, though. I, I just think, you know, with the NBA really becoming where there's not really a night off, there's no team that you can just chalk up as a win. Uh, it, it's gotten a lot more competitive. The playing element has added a little bit more competitive to competitiveness to, to the schedule in that regard. 
Um, it's going to be tough for Detroit, but getting those first four games where the competition isn't as tough as it's going to be the next, next six, that is good for Detroit. It'll be good for them as well to go from a little bit of a grace period to start the year into a tough schedule, into some tough matchups right away so they can feel what feel what it's like to get knocked in the jaw, knocked on the ground a little bit, and have to find a way to get back up. Or they're going to find themselves at, you know, 2-8, and 2-10, and 3-10. and, three and ten. You know, they're going to look something like that, and it's going to be like, okay, it's going to be another one of those seasons. So I think the schedule for Detroit is, is how you'd probably want it to be. You get that early first couple of games where you should be able to have a little bit more room for error, make a few more mistakes and still be in those games against lower level teams. But then you're going to have to turn it up a little bit. You're going to have to figure out how to gel a little, at a little bit of a higher level because you're not going to have a ton of time before you start seeing those contender level teams like Golden State, like Milwaukee, and those other playoff teams like Atlanta and Cleveland. So I do I do like the, the start of the, the season for Detroit. I think it also helps that they're going to get that home game uh, off the bat right away at home against Orlando. It should be a fun matchup. I think there's going to be some intrigue in Paolo versus Cade. Obviously getting to see Jaden Ivey uh, for, for the first time is, is going to be exciting for, for the city of Detroit. So it, it's going to be a fun environment that should hopefully – uh, you know, put Detroit on a good note to start the year in front of a, a big crowd that, that I think a lot of us would anticipate. And it's going to be a, a, a fun way to start the season, but it's going to get tough for them right away. So guys, I'm going to put the line for the Pistons first 10 games at three and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? No, I'll sell they're up. They'll probably win three. I mean, the first, the, the first four are all, winnable games but those next six are brutal you know maybe they take one from atlanta maybe they beat cleveland on the back end but milwaukee has detroit's number every year i don't think you're going into golden state or actually they might be hosting golden state i don't think you're beating golden state either way maybe they get four or five but a lot easier for me to say the under on that than to say the over i'm gonna say the over i'll say four i think they're gonna take one from Atlanta. And, you know, I would not be surprised if they played Cleveland really tough and they beat the Cavs. Um, I don't know why, but the Cavs had a lot of trouble with the Pistons last year. And, you know, it might help to have some of these other teams schedules up as well to see if they're coming off a second game of a back-to-back, but I'll take, I'll take the over. I'll take the optimistic over. I mean, you get Atlanta twice at home. I thought that was a home and away, but it's not, it's actually Atlanta back-to-back at home. It's kind of weird. And then Orlando, Indiana, Washington, New York are winnable. I mean, I don't know if they have Donovan Mitchell, that will certainly factor in. But those are still winnable games that with the roster you have, you should be able to stick around and contend and be up there to win. Golden State and Milwaukee back-to-back is the definition of brutal. And then you get the Bucks again, which is another level of brutal. But I will take the over. I'll take the optimistic over at four. I, I just think and I've I've been optimistic about this team and, and how they'll fare. And I remember watching them last year at the beginning of the season and they were just, and I get that Kate Cunningham was out to, to start the year 
but they were four or five steps behind their opponents. There's definitely a world where they can go four and six, 500. Like it's not completely unrealistic. Uh, I just, I think it's going to take time for them to kind of find their footing. And it's also not like the first four games are all chalked up wins. Like Orlando is going to be really fun this year. And they've got some legitimate pieces like year two, Franz Wagner, Paulo. I really am a fan of Wendell Carter Jr. They're getting Jonathan Isaac back, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs here too. Like that's not, you can't just chalk up a win against Orlando because you're kind of still in the same boat as them. You're young and developing with a core that's not fully set in stone yet. Uh, And then Washington, that's a team that every year, no matter how bad they really are, they still try to compete for a playoff spot. So they're not going to be, a walk in the park either. Uh, and then, you know, as we talked about those, 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 you know, last six games where you see Milwaukee and Atlanta twice a piece, Golden State, Cleveland, that's not an easy schedule either. So yeah, there's a world where, where the Pistons come out and sure shock the world, but I'm not, I me personally, I'm not anticipating. it. And there's no teams that are like a massive walk in the park. No, nope. when you get right down to it, there are zero teams that are a walk in the park. Even the Oklahoma City Thunder with Chet are gonna be more more potent. What what is the Pistons over under for the season? What what okay. is Vegas? I believe it's at that app. 28 and a half, yes? Or 27 and a half? One of the two. It's one of the two. I, I believe it's 28 and a half. Okay. Okay. Is anybody gonna be making a bet on that? Oh man, I know. This year, I don't feel confident at all because I have them at 28 wins, somewhere between that 28 to 31 wins. But I'd be fascinated to see uh, what our sponsors this week, Bet Online, have their line at uh, because I really do want to find something a little bit more enticing for me. I'm not quite sure what they have them at. Do you know, Mike? You know, there's no need to feud when you're lobbing dimes to me like that. Well, I yes. was trying. I I was trying with the over under on the first 10 games thing, but I felt like I was just throwing, you know, tomatoes into a brick wall with that one. That did not go as planned. Oh, that, that, that's a little more behind the scenes for any of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, Me yeah. trying to throw Mike just <laughs> lobs and him just throwing them, flubbing them into the third row, like a, the, like the a trampoline row. jumper. Yeah. Like all those guys that come out in the middle of halftime. Anyway. Right. Well, regardless our sponsor this week, and as it has been for every week, is Bet Online. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and line. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our, our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, and guys, look, I said I have the Pistons at 28 wins, and a big reason for that is 
looking ahead in the schedule, Mike, you kind of touched on it a little bit. They do get OKC with their 11th game, but then they have to face Boston a couple more times. They have to face uh, the Knicks again. They have to get an automatic win against the Raptors because (laughs) even more so than the Cavs, uh, the Pistons have the Raptors number. And then the Pistons go on their six-game West Coast trip. They got both LA teams. They got Denver, which is going to be reloaded. They've got Phoenix, which is still a title contender. Then they've got Cleveland again, New York for a third time, Dallas, Memphis, and Miami. So there's a really good chance that the Pistons are like two weeks into December with somewhere between a 6-20 and and 8-18 and record. And things are not getting easier afterwards. Yeah, they've got a couple winnable games. I mean, they've got New Orleans, Charlotte, Sacramento, Utah, Orlando. Uh, but the chances of Detroit entering January with a realistic shit shot at the playoffs uh, are slim, in my opinion. Um, looking ahead in that schedule, do you guys see really any chance for Detroit to enter into the new year having a good shot, still saying like, oh, we can make the play in? I, I The way I look at Detroit, and I've talked about this, I actually talked about this a little bit earlier today uh, with another Palace of Pistons staff member, Donovan Collins. Uh, but the way I look at it is this team's ceiling to me is a play-in team. A lot of things would have to go right for them to get to the 9 or 10 seed. And I don't think their schedule is very favorable to start the year. I think it gets a little bit easier in the second half, to be honest with you, uh, especially those you know last couple weeks or so, the month of April, really. Um, you know, March and April, I guess. So I, I don't think this is a team that's going to be necessarily super close to 500 going into 2023, but obviously so much can happen still. Rosters can change, injuries can occur, but if everything kind of stays the way it is and everyone's healthy, I just think it's it's going to be tough for Detroit. Look, I think the East is pretty freaking good this year. I think there's a, at least nine nine or 10 teams that you can for sure say are going to be better than Detroit unless they just completely lay an egg. And I mean, the Pistons have that, that West coast road trip uh, in that in November. So it's in their first couple months of the season. So it's not going to be easy to go through that. I think when you look at where they're going to be by the time they get uh, to the ball dropping in tw- into 2023, they're going to be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 10 games out of 500 by that point. I just, I'm just not super high on their record this year. And that those first couple months of the season are, are not easy for them whatsoever. We're going to be doing a lot of brake pumping because just going onto Twitter, which in and of itself is a terrible time investment for anything. And seeing the Pistons fans thinking that being at 500 is realistic. You're just setting yourself up to be massively disappointed. That month of November is is brutal. That's a that's a brutal schedule with your West Coast swing with Sacramento, who's going to be doing everything they can to win every game. Denver, Jasper, like you said, is going to have Jamal Murray back, and they're going to be healthy. But Utah Jazz may or may not have Donovan Mitchell. Um and that's always a tough arena to play in. Phoenix is still a championship contender, like you said. And then they turn around and 
have to play the Cavs, who are going to be gunning for a playoff spot too. So there's just that whole month of November is horrifically bad. And they'll probably win a couple weird games like they did last year, like they'll beat Boston or something, something bizarre, or they'll, you know, they'll beat the Raptors because that's what they do. But that's a brutal month of November. That does not get any easier heading into December with just playoff team after playoff team after playoff team. So I would expect them to be 10 games out from 500. I would expect them to be still be in single digit wins, I think, because this team is even younger than they were last year. They got younger. Did, did they get better? You know, in the long run, they got better. And maybe in the short term, they'll have spurts of being better at some things. But this is still an incredibly young team that is going to be going up against playoff hopeful after playoff hopeful every night, every night. And then the West Coast swing in November is nice to get out of the way, but that's going to make for a very difficult month. Yeah, absolutely. And Mike, you touched on it that November is tough. I don't even think that's the toughest stretch of the season for Detroit. I think that first two weeks of January, even if they have overperformed to that point, even if they are somehow 500, I think that's where things could very easily go off the rails because they go on the road for five games against the Bulls, Wolves, Blazers, Jeremy Grant revenge game, uh, the Warriors, and the Spurs. And then starting with that Spurs game, that kicks off a stretch where they play four games in six days, alternating between home and aways with that game against San Antonio. They got two matchups against Philly, and then they finish up with Minnesota again at home. So if they can even get three wins out of those eight games, I would be like genuinely impressed. Uh, and, and that's like even counting the Spurs as an automatic win. So the, the schedule, especially for the first half of the season, I mean, if they are able to withstand one test, great. Here comes another one. It's going to be continuous, especially playing in the East this year. I mean, I'm just looking up and down the schedule and there are no guarantees. There's no guarantees whatsoever. Um, and even more so than that, you know, we always talk about back-to-backs. Those are always really important, especially uh, for young teams that aren't maybe as well-equipped to deal with them. Pistons have 12 back-to-backs this year. Three of those come in the opening 10 games and they'll have done their sixth back-to-back by December 7th. So maybe front-loading those back-to-backs is a good thing because they've got those young legs. You know, they can remain springy instead of kind of breaking down as the end of the year. But on the other hand, then you can also look at it and say, well, look, teams with more veteran players don't have to worry as much about rest and wear and tear during those early months. And that could allow them to have more impact and potentially withstand the Pistons' youth early on in the season. So, man, it's... For any good thing you can look at, it's hard not to turn around and then say, yeah, but this is going to be really difficult for Detroit to to withstand as well. So with the month of January, Jasper, it is tough, but the Pistons do have their nationally televised game on TNT Tuesday, January 10th against the 76ers. Of course, that's on the road in Philadelphia. They also have a game in Paris on Thursday, January 19th against the Bulls. Should be interesting. Would it be nice if Killian Hayes was good and would have been even better if both him and Seiko Dumboya were good and on the team. Uh, But that's for past podcasts to talk about. Um, Last year, 
the Pistons only had one game on NBA TV, correct, against the Houston Rockets. Or one game on ESPN. Or I'm sorry, That's one game right. on ESPN yeah. against I, I the think Rockets. They had, I think they had the same amount of NBA TV games. I, I think they had three. Yeah, they're good for three or, three or four on NBA TV every year, it seems like. But not surprised there's only one game on TNT. And then they're one of four teams with no games on ESPN or ABC this year, which it's it's not shocking. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's certainly disappointing. Let's be real. Like, it's hard not to look at this schedule and say, dang, no ESPN or ABC games. That sucks. Um, the only game you do get that's really nationally televised is on the front end of a back-to-back against a team that very well could win the title this year in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, it's it's hard not to get a little frustrated about that, but I do think there are some other highlights to look forward to i mean look just in the first 10 games you get the matchup of number one picks in Cade and paulo as well as just really an intriguing matchup against orlando no matter what uh for a lot of reasons and then you also get to see how Cade in year two and rookie Jaden ivy fare against really tough backcourts in atlanta golden state and milwaukee and, and those are all different challenges for different reasons with atlanta you have that mix of DeJounte Murray's great two-way game and uh, Trey Young's just outstanding offensive play. You have, obviously, Golden State's backcourt. And then you have Milwaukee, which has Drew Holiday, who is one of, if not the toughest perimeter defenders in the entire NBA. So I think even if Detroit doesn't get off to a really great start, even if things kind of fall apart record-wise early on in the season, I think there are a lot of things to look forward to in terms of seeing what the players you have in this roster, what they have to offer, if they can overperform, how much of a leap they've taken, and where they stand moving forward uh, with this core. Because, let's be real, this is yet another developmental year for this franchise. And that's really the key, is developmental year. I think there are some some fans who feel like it's playing or bust. Uh, um, and I just don't feel like the team is close. Well, they're close to that, but like Aaron said, a lot would have to go right for them to be in that position of making the play in tournament. A lot would have to go right for the Pistons. A sizable number of things would have to go wrong for other teams in that range, that play in range for Detroit to sneak in. I think the other thing on to build on that too is, uh, you know, I know we're talking about the schedule in itself, but no, no matter which way you, the schedule got shook for Detroit this year, I, I it was always going to, and it's all it's going to be a developmental year for this team. I mean, guys, you know, we're a couple weeks out of or a month or whatever out uh, of training camp, and we're looking at uh, a starting four of. Isaiah Livers or Kelly Olynyk or Isaiah Stewart next to Nerlens Noel, like this is not a team that's built to go out and win 45, 50 games. Like this is a team that's built to maximize opportunity for the young guys on the roster to have the ball in their hands, to have the system built around them, to have the focus on them. Like 
obviously the opportunities are going to be there for Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay at the top of the pecking order. And the Pistons didn't go out this summer and try to add a, a couple veterans that were going to be the, the third and fourth options or compete with Sadiq Bay to be the number two option. Like the third option right now is penciled in as I guess, Jaden Ivy. And then your fourth option is Isaiah Stewart. Like, this is not a team that was is, is built to go out and win 50 games. Now if they go out and Kate Cunningham takes a tremendous leap and other teams are dealing with injuries, they just aren't, you know, they aren't playing at a, a, a great level like they're anticipated to, maybe some things swing Detroit's way and they're more competitive. But Detroit is not going into this season. They didn't go into it building a team that's expected to make the playoffs that's expected to even be 500. We just went through their schedule and said, yeah, they're going to be more than likely 10 plus games out of 500 just by January. And their schedule to start off January to start off 2023 isn't easy. Like they're going to be in the middle of a six game road trip where four or five of the games are out West. Like it's not going to be, easy for them because of the schedule but it it wasn't going to be easy for them no matter what because this team is built to be a developmental team again it's going to be a year where we see how much Kate Cunningham has grown is Sadiq Bey a capable number two guy for 82 games and who steps up where's Jaden Ivey what type of role is Killian Hayes capable of how much has Isaiah Stewart expanded his game? And then some of these other question marks, like is Isaiah Livers really capable of playing a full season and being a high-level role player? What's Jalen Duran in year one as, what, the youngest player, the youngest player in the entire league? Not going to be 19 until November. And then, yeah, you have a couple nice veterans to have. Like Alec Burks is a, is a good role player. Nerlene Noel is a good defensive presence to have. Marvin Bagley's still there. He's going to have a role. But even so, this team doesn't have enough high-end talent to to be looking at it like, yeah, we're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, we're well, you know, we might only be uh, a 60, but we're going to win 50 games, 45, 50 games this year. It, it wasn't going to be that way. And the Pistons made that clear when really when they traded Jeremy Grant away. You know, if they would have kept Jeremy Grant and, you know, would have committed to putting together a better team to put a better record on the board this year, this would be a different discussion, but they made the moves that they did this off season and they didn't make the moves that they didn't make on purpose. They didn't go out and purposely sign a power forward that could step in and replace Jeremy Grant because they're going to be trying different things. You're going to see Isaiah livers at the four. You're going to see Isaiah Stewart at the four. You're going to see Stewart and Noel, Stewart and Bagley, Olenek and Noel. Like you're going to see these different combinations that it's, it's not going to be pretty right away. It might not work at all. It might end up becoming something by the end of the season. This is a developmental year. No matter how you slice up the schedule, no matter how many games we talk about or stretches we talk about that are perhaps favorable, unfavorable, it, it doesn't matter. Like we could talk about the schedule for an hour and a half and, no matter how we talk about it, I think we're all going to be saying this team's probably topping out at 32 to 35 wins if if a lot went right for them.
Yeah, I 100 I, I 100% agree. And I think for me, Aaron, when I look at the schedule, it's less of like a, oh, where are they winning all these games? It's more of a, where are these tests? And what are we going to see from them in these certain stretches? For example, if they are in a position where they're close to the play-in somehow in the end of the year, well, seven of their last 10 games come on the road. So whether they're in a position to make a play-in or they're out of it altogether, uh, that's an interesting stretch to finish your season with, being on the road for as much as they are. These are just going to be a lot of different tests. And, and seeing how the team responds, especially the young players that are making up the core of this team moving forward, I think that's really what you have to take away from looking at the schedule right now. Right. I mean, we were just saying that if, you know, I mean, their they're over-under is 28 and a half and Jasper wouldn't go over that. If they win 30 games this year, this is this is a successful season. No. Well, I'm seeing people say that, saying that they're going to win 50. I mean, I just... No, come on. I get being a fan, but it's just, you have to have... Out them. Some realistic... Yeah, come on. You gotta you gotta drop those those handles, bro. That, come on, that's <laughs> ridiculous. 50 wins? You're setting unrealistic expectations when this team is going to struggle to get to 30 wins, and that's just the reality of it. And, and it's not a problem. That's the point I want to make. It's not a problem that they're going to struggle to get there. They're not built to do it. They're going to be playing players that aren't going to be in the league or next year or wouldn't be in the league if they weren't on the Pistons. Like, it's just... It's just what it is. Like, this is a team that's setting up to have a chance at another top pick in a draft that's going to feature some pretty high-level prospects in Scoot Henderson and Victor Wabanawa and, and Derek Whitehead. And there's plenty of prospects that people are already talking about. And I'm sure the Pistons would like another shot at them because, as I've said before, I don't feel that they have enough high-level talent on this roster. Another top-five pick gives them another potential guy. So it's okay that they're not built to win. And you know what? At the end of the day, a, a, a 10 seed and a couple games in the playing tournament that you lose isn't really going to matter in the grand scheme of things. It, it probably would be better for them to just lose and get a, a, a legitimate piece uh, to add to your core moving into next year. Now, it gets repetitive and it gets annoying. And at some point, there has to be that growth. But as I've stated before, I think – that that's not for the 2022-23 season. I think that that time where you're actually looking for Detroit to potentially be a play-in, a playoff team, is 23-24, when you have Cade Cunningham going into year two, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, potentially into their, their second contracts, Jaden Ivey into year two, and another offseason where the Pistons are going to have a ton of cap space to work with. So that's where I'm at on the entirety of it. I think people – Setting super high expectations. Look, I was one of the people that did it last year. I said, and not that, you know, me saying it matters, but I was one of the people saying like, yeah, I think that team can be sneaky good. They could be a play-in team, you know, if everything goes right for them. And obviously they were absolutely abysmal. Now some things happened that I wasn't anticipating happening with injuries to Cunningham and Grant. But in general, this it, it, it it's not going to be a winning year for the Pistons. And that's, okay, we need to stop setting unrealistic expectations for these super young teams that are going to be playing a bunch of guys that are under the age of 23 and don't have all-star level talent across the roster like a lot of the teams in the NBA do because there's a lot more parity now where there's a lot of more teams trying to compete, spending money to compete, 
I just think the talent level in general is in a really good spot right now. So that's where I'm at on it. I look forward to us debating the Pistons' chances to win the in-season tournament. We just have created a whole new level of content that we can have in the middle of whatever month the tournament happens of uh, the Pistons' chance at winning the in-season tournament. Is that yeah. is that this year? No, that's not until next year, right? No. Yeah, it's it it would it would would be next year, yeah. Well, I guess until then we got summer league, right? <laughs> yeah, the Pistons twenty twenty three summer league team is going to be insane. I'm telling you. I'm telling All right, you. folks, you hear to hear first. Not. Put you, put you your futures. definitely to hear first because no one else has said it. <laughs> Nobody else has even thought about summer league. Uh, so, but Jasper brought it up, so it's a no, time. not on me this time. Aaron, I agree with everything you're saying. Like that's that's exactly it. Looking at the schedule, um, it's nothing more than an exercise in looking at like where are the tests, uh, what where are the places for growth, what are the stretches that could be fun, what are the stretches that could be challenging. But if you start looking at it and saying, oh, here's how we can get to 40 wins, I'm afraid you're doing this all wrong because the path to that is just it's not realistic at this point in time. Just isn't so. Uh, if you are somebody that's looking at the schedule or listening to us and saying, oh, all this negativity, all this doom and gloom, that's not it at all. I, I think we're actually all very excited. And I laid out a lot, I think, of good reasons, even though those first 10 games, to be interested in what the Pistons are doing, even if they're not starting off strong. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have on the schedule for this week. I, I don't know about you guys, if there's anything else that you noticed looking through these games um you know any stretches any matchups that that particularly interest you but that's it kind of for me yeah i'm i'm not trying to talk or an hour and a half about a schedule where like i just said no matter how you shake it 30 30 or so wins if, if things go right for detroit and 30 wins would be a success yeah and like last year it's going to be the watching of the on-court product will the on-court product win a lot of games probably not but will it be fun yes watching Kate Cunningham develop will be fun watching him play alongside Jay and Ivy will be fun and you know seeing Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey who will be you know working to secure bigger dollars on their next contract watch them play a lot harder or differently or um, whatnot to secure that bag uh, is going to matter too. So the encore product will be something to watch. Mike, uh, I, maybe. Sorry, I'll just say this. With I think even when you say like, like thirty wins will be a success, I don't even look at wins and losses as like a success when it comes to this season. I look at, at growth of individual players. Like Aaron was saying, That's like right. what is Isaiah Livers? What is Marvin Bagley? Where is Kate Cunningham going to in terms of his ceiling? What is Jaden Ivey going to be? I think that's really more like the success. Is is Killian Hayes, you know, that bench guard for the future? That's really, to me, what a successful season will look like. Does he make it to the game in Paris? Yes, of course. Okay. I mean, okay. on the plane, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> as long as he doesn't develop, like, blood clots in the first couple of months of the season. Or, but with or, Killian or Hayes, who training. knows? So, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so by that Paris game, no. Okay. Okay. Guys, any any other thoughts on, on the Christmas slate, on the Pistons slate? I'm good. 
I'm is good. anybody I'm else excited. annoyed that I'm, we get I'm, Lakers Warriors opening night? <laughs> uh, I think I saw 42 games for Golden State are are nationally broadcasted. That's oh, fine. Season. That's fine. At least they're fun to watch. So I I can't fault them for that. Better than the Knicks. Better than the Knicks. That's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. Okay, fellas, it's been a joy to have everybody back here and talking about actual basketball things and not uh, not uh, Aaron and I trying desperately to wedge uh, Mitch McGarry and Steve Blake into the conversation. <laughs> we actually have had stuff to talk about. Um, it's pretty shocking that training camp is only about a month away. But we hope that you'll all stick with us for another exciting season of Detroit basketball. So for my co-hosts, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Inguilano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.